You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right. So every once in a while, we have um, a pelvic floor PT um, who's been in the space a really long time go off and have a little one. And I always love having the conversation afterwards. Like, what do you, what did you know then? And what's been your experience now? So I'm so excited to have Dr. Nicole Kozian on. She's a PT in California. She is uh, all the things she hosts the, the, I'm going to get this all wrong again, the PT Rising podcast. <laughs> she is one of the co-founders of PelviCon and her practice is Pelvic Sanity. I got it all. Yeah. I hope so. I got, got it. it all. all the okay, pelvis, great. I all got it. Things. And she's got yes. a six month old new baby boy and she's a new mama. So Dr. Nicole Cozy and welcome to the podcast. Yay, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, yes. Definitely uh, learned a lot over yes. this last uh, six, really year and a half. So yes. Yes. And so starting with, I mean, your journey to be a mom has been on the longer side, which I think is probably more common. Um, talk a little bit about kind of what that experience was um, for you kind of trying to navigate this, not only as, you know, trying to become a mom, but like navigating it as somebody that's in the pelvic health space and working with a lot of pregnant women. Yeah, the, this was actually really an interesting story. Um, you, you know, I started my practice, Pelvic Sanity, seven and a half years ago. And at the time, I think like everybody, you know, I was younger, but in my 30s. And it's like, oh, I have time, I have time, I have time. And all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm like 38. Yeah. And you just assume that everything's going to be super easy peasy. Like all your patients are getting pregnant super fast. And, and that, you know, ironically actually was the first part of the story. We did get pregnant really fast. And then we have uh, a lot of stories in between that and clay. Yes. So, um, and I'll share that with you guys here, but, um, but so that was a big surprise to me that the time just kind of flew. I had prioritized my clinic and my business, and that was just rocking. I mean, it. We had we have a, a out of network cash based physical therapy practice in, in Orange County, California. It is very successful and has been for a really long time. Um, and then I had launched Pelvic PT Rising. My other business and we have the podcast and the huddle and courses and business mentorship and all of that stuff. And we have these two thriving businesses. And then behind the scenes, it was really, really challenging yeah. to keep up with all that stuff as we were going through a fertility struggle, essentially. Um, so not to get too heavy, too fast on the big, the, hi, we're in there for two minutes. But um, so when what ended up happening is that, um, is that we got pregnant pretty fast and then we lost that pregnancy um, in a second trimester loss. And for mm -hmm. those of you who have had a loss and uh, are, are especially one that you've had one and is, and are in this space, um, this 
this pregnancy postpartum space, it's, it's really, really hard. And I was not prepared for that. Um, and you know, when you have a second trimester loss, all losses are difficult for various reasons, but, you know, thinking about the logistics of it, we had told a lot of people, um, you know, you make your announcement after the first trimester and you think you're safe and, even four weeks after that, you know, there's still a, right. an issue. And so um, that was really, really tough. And and I was not mentally prepared for all of that. Um, and looking back now at this, at that time of my life, I think what I ended up doing is being like, I'm fine. And then just go back to work. I'll get pregnant again and, and go mm. back to work and just like, compartmentalize to a point of 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 not really being that healthy quite frankly almost because yeah. i didn't even have time to process because everything was so busy with my businesses right this is something that i think that not a lot of people talk about because you know it's all like yeah female entrepreneurship rah rah go go and then we forget that there's it gets messy in the back end um with all of the mom guilt and the pregnancy yes. loss if you have that experience or just the yep. challenges of having someone else take care of your kid and feeling weird about that and all of yeah. that stuff yeah. So after that loss, I didn't go to therapy yet. <laughs> That's that comes a lot later. Um, and we tried to get pregnant, and it wasn't happening. And now, yeah. now all of a sudden, I am sort of freaking out that the clock is the clock is ticking, quote right. unquote. Um, COVID happened, and so now I'm like, uh oh, like what's, what's going on? Why, why is this not happening? Um, and so we met with some fertility specialists and, um, you know, we went, I went through an IVF process also while treating patients in this space. Many of my patients were getting pregnant as I was going through that. It seems like, Um, and I didn't share (laughs) that process. Oh, Oh, it's like, and I don't know. It's like one of those things. What's that, what's that effect? You know, like when you see a red Honda Accord and then you see them everywhere yep. about buying one and then all of a sudden you have, yep. I feel like that's what that is. And who knows whether or not that's actually, you know, everybody's getting pregnant or it just happens to be that like the same amount of people are getting pregnant before, but every and pregnancy announcement is, you know, a, a just a gut punch and, yep. um, and all of that. So you know, through that, you know, and that people don't understand, I think what, Everyone's like, oh, you went through IVF. And I feel like we can have a chat about what that actually means. Yes. Um, because it, I don't think people really get it. <laughs> no. And, and I mean, I, there, there's so much to just unpack in that little bit there is like, you know, as somebody who is now your advanced maternal age, you've got pressures there. As somebody who you have successful business, you're doing everything, everything's you've got control over. And now you have this uncontrolled situation. Um, we we had a barely second trimester, but same loss between our kids. And it's a different scenario because for you, you're able to go dive, you know, deep back into, you know, work. For me, people are like, well, you should just be happy you already have your baby. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, our situation, um, I had a DNC went back two weeks later to get it checked. My son was with me. He was like a year and a half at that point. The doctor comes in, they're switching from like paper to EMR. And he comes in, he's like, oh, 15 weeks. Have you felt the baby kick yet? 
And I'm like, dude, you just did my DNC two weeks ago. I'm losing my shit. I'm trying to keep it together in front of my kid. Like that's all next level. And now here, like, again, the, the fertility stuff, I have patients all the time. Like they don't know what to do because from a stress level, they want to be active and keep moving, but they're told they can't because they don't want to screw it up. And they've invested all this stuff and you feel like crap. Like, how do you, how do you navigate yes. that? Gosh, you know, it's, it's so interesting because uh, I feel as a practitioner, any, I, I tell all my patients all the time, you know, that's not your, the OBGYN's area of expertise. They're not movement specialists. They're right. not exercise specialists. That's what, that's what we do. That's what we are. We'll guide you through that. And, and then we sort of navigate that. Is there any part of your pregnancy that's actually high risk and all the things, right? When you're actually in it, though, <laughs> this is going to be a theme of this podcast. When you're actually, actually in it, though, the the it seems like such a high risk thing to do if mm -hmm. you're not already motivated to do that. Like I wasn't going to my therapist at my practice being like, I really have to move. Like I'm actually have to, <laughs> this is a little fun fact about me. I would like much rather be a couch potato. Um, I quite frankly, I know that that seems like so crazy as a, as a, a physical therapist. Like I understand movement. I think it's amazing. I know it's good for me. But given the opportunity to lay around or go run, <laughs> I'm like, want to lay around. Um, and yeah. so sometimes when I see you carry on your, oh, I'm running here, I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> but that, that was me before, though. But no, I, I feel you because between, like, after our miscarriage, um, running did not feel like the right thing for me to do. And I was like, that, it just from a deeper place, I was like, that's not, I, I can't know. Um, and I started going to yoga at a local studio at like 630 in the morning with a bunch of 60 year olds, which was kind of more the pace that I needed. And I was like, I needed to yeah. be in that sadness and that grief, but I, I knew I needed to move to stay alive and ended up continuing that through my daughter's pregnancy. But no, it, it, I'm, I'm with you. Like, again, <laughs> I have my moments on the couch too, girl. <laughs> You're just getting the highlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, I feel like, so, you know, someone is, it's almost like someone gave me an excuse to like yes. not do anything. And I was All like, good. oh, yeah. It, you know, it feels like at that moment too, after you have a loss and then you're, you're, you get pregnant again. And then someone's telling you, you know, you know, you really need to, you know, lay low for this whole pregnancy um, and stuff like that. Uh, then you're kind of like, okay. Like, I mean, at what point do I really need to get out and walk? Like, you know, and I'm a nerd. I looked at all the research at, with all of the, um, bed rest stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it's a, the research actually shows that there's actually, it's very mixed. Like there's yeah. a lot of big, good studies that are done that show that bed rest doesn't actually, um, improve pregnancy outcomes, even in people with high risk pregnancies for, for a lot of different diagnoses. Yeah. And I didn't really have, any diagnosis per se. Yeah. It's just that I had loss uh, because at that point I had had, at the point where I got pregnant with Clay, I had two losses and a failed transfer. So mm. um, there was that. And so it's like the, 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 okay, it was like, it's finally here. I'm just going to like stay still and hope he keeps growing. <laughs> hope he keeps growing. You know, movement wasn't. Well, I would be the same way. I, 
No, that fear, um, I, we've got a little bit of a time delay um, that <laughs> it keeps popping up, but um, no, I very much, I felt that way with our daughter. I was just, you're so, you're like, I will do whatever so that this sticks. And you're just, you're like, please God, just get to the end of this. Let her be okay. Let this like, and you're willing to negotiate. And if it means sitting on the couch, you're willing to do it. Yeah, totally. Um, So that was an interesting thing. So, and I feel like as a PT now going back into the clinic, I felt very, what's, um, I feel like I had two identity, these two people that I was, I was like Mm -hmm. the, you know, be, you know, be active, stay active during pregnancy, do all these things. And, and then there was me on the other hand being like, actually, I'm not, I'm also not doing that. And I totally get why you wouldn't want to do that. And I don't even know if I think that that's need to be doing anyways. Mm. <laughs> and and now it's this it's a real like dichotomy um of, in my brain about like what what am I? What what are we doing here? Is what's our role as physical therapists in the pregnancy yeah. journey now? Um and so uh, what I've learned now going through the whole process is is much more of a really meet people where they are like yes and not just saying that but like yep. really meeting people where they are and asking questions yes. um you know and and understanding the path that they have taken to get to the point when they're sitting in your office is going to inform everything moving, moving forward, forward and it's going to look different for every single person yeah i i think that's such a, an important thing to, to have that discussion about expectations as well. And I mean, for you, what were your expectations going into postpartum and kind of what, what was the reality for those? Let's, let's go first six oh, weeks because that's usually the hardest part. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I give you total I... props. Like you were not on as much, but like Jen Esker, that girl, Jen, Jen Fraboni, I was like, girl, get off the gram. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I did, I did go into like a little good social break for a little bit of time. Um, and that was just what we kind of needed to do. But so, you know, fast forward, now I'm pregnant. Um, I will say that the delivery uh, was something too that, I didn't quite understand (laughs) before that it's, it's so out of our control. And I felt, I know that we can say that, but it really is. And there's so many variables, there's baby variables, there's, there's you variables, there's variables of what your the system that you're in uh, and who, who you have on your team that day and all that kind of stuff. I chose to have a, a hospital based midwifery birth, um, and so my goal was unmedicated. I that ended up happening for me. The I had an amazing doula. It was that part was awesome. Um, and then you have this baby, and and I think the expectation is that breastfeeding is going to be super easy. Um, that. I feel like everybody too that talks about the postpartum period forgets that there's that really early, early, early time. I and maybe for good reason. Maybe, maybe you're meant to forget it. We don't forget <laughs> about that. Yeah, we really do. But but I tried to really be like re- 
remember it and like write stuff down and talk to Jesse about it afterwards and process because it really is gnarly. And, and I can't believe now that we wait as practitioners, we wait to see people until six weeks. I just, I can't, the early postpartum period is such an area that we could be there for people in a different way than what's your pelvic floor like. Um, You know, I think that obviously we have, there's reasons why this quote unquote six week check is when it is for tissue healing and, you know, uterine healing and all of that. But, but man, there is so much that we can do for folks in that early postpartum period. Um, I mean, I remember like almost like being in tears, right? And I tell people every day how to have a first postpartum poop, right? Mm -hmm. But when, when it's you and you feel that, that urge for the first time. And I went to Jesse and I was like, I think I have to poo and I'm almost crying. And he was like, okay. (laughs) You know, and he's like there with me being, and I'm in a, I happened to be fine. I didn't tear, so it didn't hurt. But that that the fear of the unknown, I think, yeah. is really um, yeah. a huge piece that I don't feel like I understood from a patient perspective until I was actually in that space. As much as I knew and as much as I teach this every freaking day of my life in for 17 years being a yeah. therapist, it's like that those moments were the ones where I'm like, we need to be there for people within that moment and, yeah. and have tools for that moment, not yeah. with with also the the mental part of it too. Yeah. The I actually I I am a fan of having those conversations much sooner. Um so in pregnancy, um, and hopefully this is like that where you are in California. In DC we have a lot of older moms want to be educated that will come in during pregnancy. And we have the conversation and talk about the stuff that they don't talk about with their OB. Like these are the possibilities. Um, For me, I did not prepare at all for a C-section. That's what I ended up with, with my oldest um, after a three day induction. And I'm like, you need to prepare for all the things, Um, you know, educate yourself, hope for the best, but understand that you lost control the second you conceived. Like it's just, it's just the rule of how it is and Mm -hmm. just little things. Yes, exactly. Period. and little things that just caught me off guard, um, just, and some of these are unique to C-section, but we were in the hospital a really long time. We were almost there a week. And just the swelling associated with C-sections, I had to send my mother-in-law to Target to get underwear big enough that I could get my legs through. Like, I couldn't wear my dance goes home. I had to go to our first pediatrician visit in slippers. Like, I had to send her out to get thigh high stockings because I had nothing to control the swelling. And then it was in my wrists and my decoir veins was off the hook. And just all of those things that like, I had no freaking sense. And then I'm counting pain pills because everything hurts like a mother. And this kid who apparently you need to burp a baby after you feed them, who knew, right? And you can't just like fake that one out. Who knew? He doesn't give a shit. Um, Like all of that's going on and I'm counting freaking pills. And that for me, I was just like, whoa, that like, whoever told me that Mm -hmm. no one, (laughs) you know, and you're, 
you're and go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and you're just in, you're also, your focus then is so on baby and everybody's focus is on baby when it's like, and you don't even have the wherewithal to advocate for yourself at that time. That's where another thing that, you know, I, I really, I, you know, I'm, you know, trying to build up my patients and like, you know, you need to make sure this and and they're like, okay. And then in that space, you were just in the most vulnerable yes. place and you're not thinking about you and you would do anything, anything that anybody said if it meant that the baby needed something and, yeah. and you're just not in that headspace. And so that's where I really feel like now I am like advocating even yes. more hardcore yes. for people to have doulas and support yes. system. And who's going to, that's what we're talking. We're not talking about how to push as much as no. we are about yes. who's going to be there. Are they your same mindset? How are you sure? Have you talked to your family about this? What's your plan for yep. for the support during labor, support during delivery, support during immediately yeah. after, uh, and talking about boundaries around all that? Like that is what we're talking about more now. Yeah, um, I love that. I mean, I'm glad and, you got it. Versus, yeah, the pushing part. Yeah, the the doula part. I think that's become such an important part of the conversation. Um, I had. I, Anybody that comes in early with me, I'm like, start, start looking. And they're like, well, I don't know what they do. I'm like, once you start talking to them, you'll figure it out. And we had one our first time around and she was a midwife in the UK. And she caught a couple of times where like his heart rate wasn't recovering. And she's like, okay, let's look, let's do these things. And so she was, and I remember like saying to my husband, oh, I can handle this. And I'm like, well, why should you have to like, and why should he have to, um, it, it to have somebody that you pay to be your advocate. And I think the assumption is that in a health system, you have nursing at your beck and call and it just doesn't work that way. God forbid there's shift change. I got shift change right before I started to push. That was really shitty too. Um, like those things are the reality. And those are the conversations I have with moms who are pregnant, not to scare them, but do not, like, everybody wants to demonize induction. Everybody wants to demonize pain management. Um, they think they can handle it themselves. I'm like, why? Like, there are great, like, have these discussions. Keep talking to your OB about well, what happens if this? What about this? Can I bring this person in? What is it? Like, if you don't like their answer, you're not going to be the person to change their mind. Like. Yes. Yes, totally. And and I feel like I had an amazing and amazing doula that Good. actually this is a really cool redeeming story. Um I had I had hired her when I first got pregnant with my first pregnancy mm. and she wasn't after COVID happened, she wasn't doing births anymore, but I called her because I know her from the birth world and I was like her name happens to be Nicole too and I was like Nicole, I know you're not doing any births but if, if you would make an exception, like this would be the time. Right. <laughs> and right. I was like, or you could help me find somebody. I was like, and, it, and she said yes. And so she, it closed this amazing mental Aww. loop for me too. We had opened our relationship with the first pregnancy um, and the bit well, way back in 2019. And then in, 
at, right at the end of 2022 when Clay was born. Um, she was there right there with me uh, in this really beautiful, like unmedicated birth. Um, just everything that I wanted about it yeah. happened. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so she, it was really a cool thing. But she was one of the ones that really prepared us mentally, both Jesse and I, for for all of the unknown. And, and I know yeah. that that sounds interesting. Uh, if you have not had that experience of, of being coached to let go, being coached to not being able to control stuff like that, that is essentially what they're coaching. And then you're also having them there to, to be your advocate, to slow things down, to help you to make decisions. Um, and just to help you understand the process, cause you're not in a place where you, I was a different person, right? I was, yeah. I am very typically, um, you know, very direct, very like, I can handle this and don't talk to me. And uh, who are you, OBGYN person? Right. And I was like a completely different person because not only are you in pain, um, but you are also, there, things are happening fast that you've never felt before in your body. And as body aware as we are, like there were some sensations there. I can remember when, when Clay sort of moved into this new space in my pelvis and my eyes, I, I'm, I can remember that feeling. And I looked at her and she was like, it's okay. He's just in a new space. And I was like, and everything mm. right now, then I was able to relax and he progressed and within the next like five minutes he was out. But it, you know, there was that, that's why they're there. They've been in hundreds of yeah. births yep. and we've only been in, well, I'd been in zero, um, right. you know, and even if you've observed some, it's very different to actually be in it yourself. So I feel like yeah. that is what I'm talking to my patients about now. Um, yeah. A lot, lots soon. Um, so you guys are six months out. <laughs> sitting here now, six months out, what has been the biggest changes? Um, I think like physically for you, like, how are you feeling? Is this what, how you expected to feel? Like what's, has there been a point where, you know, things started to change rapidly and sort of to leveled out or how's it been for you? So six months postpartum, I am, I'm doing mentally wonderful. Um, I think that what's helped during that is the many years of therapy during my um, IVF process. Um, you know, it's funny. I think that, you know, certainly the relationship with your partners change a lot. Um, yeah. but Jesse and I are doing well. Um, we did get in one of our biggest fights ever over 25 mLs of breast milk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, which seems now so funny. Breast breastfeeding is going great now. Right. It was not going great um, for the first four weeks or so, That's which hard. is a, an eternity. But thank God for lactation consultants. Yes. Um, and now we are in the exclusively breastfed. Go having Clay go on bottle strikes now, which is awesome. Um, so I feel like I can't leave for more than like a couple of hours at a time. Um, but he's learning how to use a sippy cup. I think physically, um, you know, physically it's interesting because my birth was my, the actual delivery part was amazing, right? Unmedicated, no tearing, uh, one very small perineal, uh, laceration that, you know, not noticeable. I never had any problems sitting or anything like that, but I did have, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of postpartum blood loss. I had to have a transfusion. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and no one really knows why um, I was bleeding for a lot. I ended up having to have a DNC at oh uh, nine weeks. Um, I know I haven't really talked about this that much yet. Um, but the thing is, so I feel like that had that actually, I mean, I feel great now physically, but I think that elongated the yep. time frame of you getting back. Yep. Um physically. So I feel like I'm still working through some of that. Mm-hmm. Um and which is also surprising, right? It's just like I feel like with again, with all of the things that we know, is like, shouldn't I feel physically awesome. And it's like, I actually Mm. don't, um, I don't feel great. I don't feel terrible, but I definitely don't feel great. And you know what I've learned to to do is just be like, and that's okay for right now. Um, I am back to pelvic sanity, not quite treating patients yet, but we're slowly getting pieces of our lives back now with clay integrated into them. And right now movement and that kind of stuff is, is just not a huge priority. Yeah. Honestly, like I think that's a lovely evolution I've actually seen in a bunch of patients recently is a couple new moms that I was working with were all gung-ho to get back to running. And I was like, okay, we can do this. And then maybe they were about four months out and I got an email and both of them are like, you know what? I've decided I don't need to push this hard. I want to just stop and kind of enjoy this. And the fact that they came to that realization themselves, I think is so incredibly important because it was a conscious decision that they made to say, I'm not going to push, I'm going to take my time. Whereas if I had said it to them, you know, they're going to fight it tooth and nail. And another situation I'm thinking of a a mom that I work with that I followed her after her second, I'm sorry, after her first, she had her second, things were going great. And then everybody got sick and they've been sick for like four or six months, which it's never been as bad as it's been this year. And, but she's doing really well in perspective. And because it's her second, she has that perspective to say, I know I'm going to get back. I'm fine with it just being longer, Um, that you've got that time. And I think with that, the first, there's this pressure that we need to show or prove something to ourselves or to other people. And I don't know where that comes from. And you can still like sit back and logically see it happen, but you still feel that internal pressure sometimes to be like, well, shouldn't I be here? Shouldn't I be somewhere else? Um, And I love that I'm seeing more moms be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to breastfeed anymore because it's driving me insane and I need sleep. And no, I'm good. Like, I love that I'm seeing more moms kind of take ownership of their experience and not force themselves to do something just because they think somebody else thinks that they should. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that's so amazing that we're seeing this shift in some people. Um, and I think that it's been exceptionally interesting for me to like observe myself as a movement person yeah. as a physical therapist, someone that does that also saying like, actually, I'm going to prioritize different stuff. Now I'm prioritizing sleep. I'm prioritizing yes. water drinking, nutrition, uh, breastfeeding, and yep. then, you know, just being and, and coming back to my businesses in a very stepwise fashion that, yep. that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, we didn't do the thing where it's like, okay, at three months I'm back. Um, right. We're, we're able and we're very fortunate to be able to like gradually get back and add things onto the plate um, yeah. and then see how we feel very yeah. intentionally. And, and for right now, 
um, with all of those different pieces moving, movement and exercise and stuff just isn't on the on the priority mm-hmm. list. Um, and so that just is what it is. And so yeah. I feel like there's a big evolution there for me as a practitioner to understand like I can help my patients through that process as well. And instead of assuming that they're in my clinic because they want to do that, right. really sitting down and asking is, is that is movement is getting back to exercise a yes. priority for you. And, yes. and if it is great, I could get you there, right? We can yep. do all of that stuff, but if it isn't, then what, what else can my expertise help you with then? Right. And that still can be nutrition and, yeah. you know, other aspects and mindfulness and, yep. Yep breastfeeding postures and that kind of stuff, we still have so that's why our profession is so amazing is that there are other aspects of our, of our knowledge base that we can impart uh, and help people with. It doesn't have to be like here, I need your hip to move this way to do this yoga stretch. It's like, I have so much other, other, I can help your scar. I can help your sex. I can help you prioritize sex. I can help you do a lot of other things. And that's where I feel like um, I hope that we get to as a profession where everybody is asking those questions yes. and and truly doing an individualized care and not imparting like, oh, you have to be doing this. I right. need you to walk every day because that's what is the next step to it. More, more exercise. It's like yeah. well, some, some people that's just not in the phase of, of life that they're at. Yeah. And I, a couple of things. I mean, I think it's so incredibly important to hold space for whatever that is and not make that assumption. I do all have women that come in and they're like, well, it's almost they're apologetic. They're like, oh, I'm not a runner or not do this or not do that. I'm like, that. I, I don't care. That's fine. Um, I think the other thing, and this goes back to the comment that you made in the beginning, you're like, oh, I see you doing this all the time or you're running, you're doing this. My kids are nine and 12. Like, right. I have like, whole other like y'all didn't see what happened in those first couple of years and 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 I I am so happy that I did not have to live those years out on social media like I don't I can't imagine trying to process and trying to figure that out while being in the pelvic space and because it was a shit show I'm gonna be up front yeah. like Boy. I did not move that much I, after my first I did start running again and that sort of thing but between the kids with a miscarriage and I that's the thing that I think we make assumptions about what's going on with other people and we forget people are in different seasons. Ages, for and sure. the other thing when you're early postpartum, I did this as I would project everything for like 16 years and be like, all right, well, if, if they don't do this now, then like, oh my God. And, and here's the thing that's funny about that. I, I made my son's baby food from scratch and he ate all the things and now he only eats seven things and he's 12 and you know, it just, there's a lot of things you don't have a control over. Um, but just if you decide that it is not the time or the space now doesn't mean it's off the table forever. I'm in a place now where like my kids are home on video games because our sitter hasn't started for the summer yet. And I'm here. Um, I went to the gym at 530 this morning because I can leave the house and they're asleep and dad's asleep and I'm not going to get sent to jail, like that kind of stuff, you know, like, yeah. And and that's stuff that I could not, I could not go work out early, which was really hard for me because I'm a morning workout person because my kid was up at O dark 30 and needed to be nursed and needed this and needed that. And I could not get out. And so 
I, I, in one hand, it's you want to help people find what they're looking for, but I think you hold a really good point of meet people where they are and and support whatever space that is or whatever they need in that moment. Or if your house is stricken with like 17,000 illnesses, you're not behind. We're just, it's just going to take us a little bit longer to get wherever it is that you might want to go. Yes, absolutely. I, I, yeah, hear you on all that. That's so important. And I think that that comparisonitis (sighs) that we have is really terrible. And to the point too, where even like, you know, we've had, I've had issues with my, my mom, um, with, Oh, we didn't do it that way. And we, mm. you know, what are you doing? Oh, he seems to be, you know, he they even made a comment. It's actually funny that I, he seems to be going up and down for naps quite a bit. And I feel like everybody, you know, in the later stages, you know, or parent age forgets that like, that they forget the newborn stage. I feel like they, Clay was born and they thought he was going to be a toddler. You know what I mean? Right. And so... Um, so I feel like there's been that to navigate and, and we don't talk about that stuff. Right. Right. Um, and, and it's just funny. I feel like, uh, being here has just given me so much perspective on that, that this is hard and, and your life is lived in two to three hour increments. And now we're, we're living in four, four hour increments now because you can go a little bit longer, but like that's still very much like yes. how we live our lives. And what happens then is those four hour increments, like your days, the, 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 the phrase, your days are long, years are short is really it. It feels like yes. an eternity to get through a day when you're living your life in, in two hour increments. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I don't know how else to explain that other than to have you, everybody, experience it somehow, but, yeah. but, but that's why I feel like sometimes then if you're talking about something a week from now, like that's like a lot of sleep. A lot of water. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think that far. I don't know. Like, you know, well, and, and that's the thing kind of looking ahead that, that it's a conversation I have a lot with moms that they, they they're out of that initial you know, deer in headlights, survival mode. And they're like, okay, I got this now. And I'm like, well, there's going to be transitions. And that's one of the things I talk about is like, you know, build habits for when things are going well, but the best thing you can do is recognize all of a sudden when things are off the rail, go into your survival, do what you need to do to, you know, get your mask on first and then help the people around you because they're constantly coming up. They come up for me now. Um, You know, teething, growth spurts, um, you know, you're, you're, you've probably got like more reasonable kind of clear nap times when you go from three naps to two, when you go from two to one, when you go from one to nothing, shit show. Like, and the, the one that I think is so evil and makes no sense is that an overtired baby will not sleep. Doesn't want to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, who told, no one told no! you. That. No, when you are tired, you sleep. And apparently kids didn't get that message. Like, what the hell? No, it's so hard. <laughs> and you can see it too. It's oh, like you can see it in their little eyes. They're so tired. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's mm-hmm. so funny. And then you have somebody who wants to come visit at that mm-hmm. time. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, he pl- needs to play. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, he needs to do everything no. but play right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. No. And I, I think, you know, when you, when you kind of settle into to parenthood and you start to realize like, 
oh yeah, you can play with you, but you're gonna leave and I'm stuck with what the leftovers are <laughs> like that. Right. Then you start laying down the law. Right. Um, but again, like once you kind of get through that first survival, like I'll never forget when they drop naps. Like it, my daughter was so freaking funny. Um, she, I think she was like one, my son was three or four. And he was done with preschool at like one o'clock, which was right around her nap time. She was just taking one nap a day. And I would have to like scoop him, grab him and pray to God she didn't fall asleep in the car. Sometimes she, like, I'm like, stay awake. you know. <laughs> and one day we're driving home and he turns, he's like, Annalie is not taking a nap. And I'm like, yeah, she is. And she's like, no nap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she dropped her nap when she's one year old. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> when they start plotting against you, you really screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm like on this Island by myself. And the, the villagers are like, you know, they're going. At it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what is happening to my life? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Carrie, to your point, um, I feel that the, the best advice that I could, that I feel like I've learned over mm -hmm. this time has just been, I've never like lived more in the moment than oh, I yeah. have right now, <laughs> which is so not my personality. I literally mm. feel like I'm a different person, but it really yeah. has um, been really kind of neat though as well yeah. to just be like, you know, if someone asks me like what I'm doing in two weeks, I'm like, I don't know. I, yeah. you know, we'll see. Or I've been late a few times and normally I'm not late and yeah. or I've had to move a meeting and it's just like, I really have learned to sort of be unapologetic it's, about yes. that. Yes. It, it's just like, hey, this is this is sort of what my life is right now. Yes. And if you want me to do this thing, then you're gonna have we might have to reschedule and that's gonna be okay. And and that is yeah. so I feel like I, I am. I mean, we are different people, but I feel like that's I feel like my therapist, <laughs> my mental health therapist helped yeah. prepare me really well for that kind yeah. of shift. Um, so I super big advocate for mental health therapy yes. through this time. I mean, yeah, uh, it was necessary for sure with my fertility journey. Um, but I, it, what I didn't realize is that it was also helping me to prepare for being a mom. And that yeah. was, it's been really, really neat to see well, some of those skills now being translated into postpartum life. You will keep using them. Um, the beauty with age as well. I'm a little bit older than you, but the older you get, the less Fs you have to give. So that goes right along with that, which is lovely. Right. Um, but I think that the, the other thing is we get so caught up in like these first few years postpartum and, you know, not looking ahead and be like, okay, you know, what if my kid has learning challenges? Um, which one of mine does? Um, how do we handle social situations in the, the face of worldwide pandemic? Like that was a new one, not mm -hmm. on my bingo card. Yeah. Um, I have two kids now. One is a little slow on the hormonal end. The other one's a little fast. I'm going to have two kids going through puberty at the same time. Pray for me. Um, like conversations with my nine-year-old about periods and hormones and um, explaining to her what sex is. And now she thinks it's totally gross, which I love. Like there's always something that's coming and there's days now where I have patients that come in with their babies. I'm like, I could handle peeing, pooping, sleep. Like I'm all over that. Like I could totally take that for a day or two, but when you're in it, it's like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Um, gosh, that's so funny. And and to me, that seems again, days are long, years are short. Like that stuff seems so far away, but it's, it's going to come not. fast. 
best. It's I know not. this was the year that I really, cause my, my son started middle school this year. So he, he's a rising seventh grader now. And my daughter's finishing her last year of elementary school that I've really been like, wow, like, have I lost my legitimacy now with all the baby mamas? Because I have like older oh, kids and it's, it's a strange thing because you remember all that stuff vividly. And I probably pay attention to it a lot more because I have more conversations like this with, with moms who are in that space, but like, dang, it went fast. And <laughs> like, they're going to be gone soon, you know? Yeah. And you're like, how did I let that go by so fast? And it, I guess that's just getting older too and less fucks to give, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, hug that little baby. And, but getting to know them and getting to be around them and being an example for them. I mean, Clay's going to feel that already with you that, you know, he's got these two parents that, you know, yes, they dote on him, love them, but they've built this amazing, you know, environment for, for women to heal and learn and, you know, support employees and that kind of stuff too. That's the other stuff that, in the background of all this, you're, you're inadvertently, you know, sharing that energy with them is just, when you look at it in the rear view, you're like, dang, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. And then, you know, I feel like, so I, you know, I've never, ever in my entire life, I mean, I felt privileged before. Yeah. I, but I've never felt as privileged as I have felt in this postpartum period, because yeah. I do have the resources and the support yeah. and all the things. And I, and I can take him to work with me because I mm. own the joint, you know, and right. I can have the pack and play yep. in my, in my office with the nap situation. And, you know, like that, that's really awesome, but it does make me feel good to know that like, because I'm schlepping him along with me now to the clinic, like he is actually seeing and will, as he starts to become more aware, like he's going to see his mom, like handle yep. some business, you know, and yeah. like, this is the clinic and playing with pelvises and that kind of stuff. So I'm really, I'm excited for that. And I'm really grateful um, to my pelvic sanity team and to, you know, Jesse and all the people that are, that make that happen. So I guess the other thing that I've learned is like behind every, <laughs> behind every mom village. is like a, a village of people that allow them to like exist in the, in the world. Um, every, if you have makeup on today, it's like, whoa, what <laughs> a great morning. You know? I quit that a long time ago. That way there's no expectations there. Yeah, so. <laughs> totally. so, I mean, but I feel like, I feel just really thankful to everybody. Yeah. And, and I, and, and I know that not everybody has all of yeah. that ability, but I do feel like to look for those those things in people where it's like, sometimes, you know, there's a lady, um, I happen to be breastfeeding, uh, clay in, uh, in the wild, as I call it. Yes. And I, the, it was really cool. And most people are just passing by no big deal. Every once in a while, you'll get the stink guy where, you know, you kind of want to have like your little middle finger, yep. uh, tucked up under, uh, behind yeah. the baby's back. Um, but there was this one lady who came up and she was like, and she just, she like looked at me and she was like, good job, mama. And I was like, yes. And it was like in those three words, there was yeah. like so much like, yeah, yeah, I am doing a good job. And yes. this is hard. And, yes. and that, and I think that the more that we can do that for people as we are around yes. the world, I think that, uh, 
Yes. The world would be a better place. That's a little small piece of, of something you could do yes. for, for moms. Just be like, I see you. Yes. And I know that this is shit's hard. Yes. <laughs> so and then you turn up. around and you say thank you. Yes. You thanks. don't explain. You don't, you don't you just you thank, see thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was such a cool moment, you know. Um and there was also one other moment I'll share too. Literally the first time Clay and me and Jesse actually got out of the house and he's like, he was probably like a week old at that point or maybe two weeks old at that mm-hmm. point. And we're like going on our first stroller ride and we barely know how to put him in the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of sunny and I'm not sure if he's like warm enough and, all, and I'm checking, I'm, we're walking down the pier in San Clemente and every two seconds I'm p- pulling up the thing, like looking in checking. and this checking over checking it, making sure he's fine, feeling his feet, all the things. And this, this lady comes by and she's like passing me and she, um, she sees me. I think she probably saw me checking, checking, checking. She was like, um, is he still in there? <laughs> and she was, and I was like, it was just this moment of like, oh yeah, he, he's gonna be fine. And she was like, he's pretty little, right? And because she could see his little feet. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I said, yeah, this is like our first outing. And she was like, good job. It gets so much fun. And like she just was like super Aww. awesome. Um, and I was we just need more like, of those. We need yeah. more of that. Like yes, of, yeah, yeah. I was like that was a really really amazing thing. So if anybody is in this podcast and they see a mom, yeah, doing great or struggling, just like give them a little thumbs up, give them a little pat on the back, and yep. and uh, show them some love. Re- remember what that moment feels like. And I, I I will never forget my dear friend Anna Fragamini was she's a pediatric PT took me out for my first breastfeeding in the wild, and I remember exactly where it was and. You know, it's it's that it's those pay it forward moments too. Be like, okay, I will I, I will help you. I see you. I know this is hard. Like that stuff is yeah. just so incredibly important. So yeah, I for um the very first time I did that, uh, Jessica Real um, was actually ah. out in in uh, we were meeting up for Pelican yeah. and he was over here for CSM and Clay was like, you know, a couple months old and and she she was like, I, it was the first time where I was like, I didn't have to rush home to right. feed him. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I was like, I don't even know how. And she was like, oh, come here. Blah, blah, blah. She's yep. like, gets me all situated. And it was just like this really cool moment of, of like, oh, I can do this. And we didn't have to leave the, right. the restaurant. This is awesome. You know, like, oh, you're portable. That's a new one. Yeah. Right. It's just like awesome. And then uh, she went to go change his diaper for me and uh, I had forgotten wipes. And so, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's like it's like when you take the dog out without the bags, right? You're like, oh crap. So, yeah, but that was just really funny. Yeah, totally. All right. At the end of the each show, we ask a couple questions to all of our guests. First one, favorite activity since becoming a mom. Ooh. It doesn't have to I be with love. <laughs> yeah, I right. <laughs> um <laughs> I do love though watching him earn things in real time, like mm. like learn something, a new task in real yep. time. That's so fun, especially I think when you have like a movement background and you you know you took peds and that kind of stuff too, and you're like, oh wow, that's really where that starts. That's so cool. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, next one. One piece of advice for new moms. One piece of advice. I think I already said it, but um, well, I'll sum it up. Give yourself grace for the, for the stage that you're in. That's what I would say. 
that one, that answer comes up probably 95% of the time that I've asked it. So I, I love that, you know, grace is an, a, the theme. Yes. So, so important. <laughs> All right. Who is somebody, I'm curious to see your answer of this. Who's someone in kind of our space pregnancy postpartum that we don't know that we should know about? Ooh, let me think half a beat. Um, who is someone in the pregnancy and postpartum space that we should know about? You know what? I Well, you might know about them. Well, we'll see. I think Yenny Abraham oh, yeah. is doing some really, yep. really, really cool stuff around fertility and yes. how uh, therapists pelvic floor therapist can, can be in that space. Yes. Um, I feel like she's really on like some of the cutting leading edge of that subspecialty of our field. So I like that. I think that there's some really cool stuff that she's going to, she already has. And that some stuff that she's going to blow our specialty out of the water. I like um, it. I like it. Awesome. And then last one for you, what does it mean to you to be an active mom in postpartum? To me, if it means to be active for whatever it is that day, it do, I feel like the definition now of active doesn't mean like right. exercise. I feel like an active mom could mean me being on hands and knees on the play mat with clay and maybe I'll do a couple bridges. Like I feel like... <laughs> You know, that, that is what an active mom and postpartum means. And, and maybe that, and, and that will probably change. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but that, that's what it means for me right now. I love that again. Like I, I, I have a feeling that we probably had very, very similar kind of early postpartum experiences and how much we were moving and that sort of thing. And, and, I think the expectation too, that just because we're in physical therapy means we need to be doing crazy stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. That does, no. we, we don't need that extra weight. We don't need that extra guilt. No. <laughs> you know, go back one half a beat. Yeah. Like I do also feel like what we don't understand as well. Like I was on bed rest for a lot of my pregnancy. Right. And so I feel like even if I tried right now to move, that it's not, it's not happening like that. <laughs> It needs to be just so much more gradual. And I, yeah. I, 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 and that's honestly, I, when I asked you to be on one of the things that I thought was going to be part of the conversation, because when you have a fertility journey, when you have all that stuff, there's so many limitations. And so I think to give voice to women that they don't feel pressured that, you know, you had this experience, it's going to, your pace is going to be different and that's okay. So I'm so glad that that thread came through. That was what I was secretly hoping. Um, So thanks for, for hammering that one in. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. If you'd like to know more about Nicole and her practice and a little bit more about her and her postpartum experience, she's on Instagram at pelvic sanity is her business. And then at Nicole cozy and PT. Thank you, my dear. And congratulations. I, I, I love watching this journey. I'm so happy for you guys. Um, and Thank I can't you. wait to like give you big mama hugs one day in person. One of these yes. days. <laughs> I know. And thank Carrie, honestly, like this podcast is so awesome. I love that you're having these real conversations. So I really appreciate you for um, having me on and then uh, giving us the space to talk about this kind of stuff. Love it. Thank you. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. 
Are you a postpartum mom or postpartum pro wanting to know more about getting back to running after baby? Check out all my free goodies on CarriePagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.